do better than that, let's praise Jesus in the house this morning. Father, we love you. We thank you. We believe that what's going to happen today is what that song just said, that you won't leave the way you came in. Amen? Amen? You guys can grab a seat. Oh, man, we just want to say welcome. For those of you that I haven't gotten a chance to meet yet, my name is Pastor Will. I get to serve as a youth pastor here. And we're so honored that you chose to be with us for worship this morning. But Dotha First, can we honor all of our guests, all of the first-time guests, even those watching online? We're so glad that you're here. And one of the things that we ask that you do every single week is that we ask that you connect with us, that you text D1TEXT to 84576. You can take out your smartphone and scan the QR code, or you can grab the physical copy of our Connect card from the seat back in front of you. Please fill that out with as much information as you don't mind us having. And this is what we ask that you do today. We will not be having our normal guest reception, but we want, we want to follow up with you. So please fill that out. You can do that right now, even those of you online. And if you do a physical Connect card, please hold on to that. As you exit today, you can drop it in our giving boxes. And for those of you that are sitting here, you see there are a number of things you can do uh, for prayer, for life groups, for growth track baptism, child dedication, all the things. But Dothan First, can we please honor all of our guests one more time this morning? We also want to extend a special thank you to all of you. This church is so generous. We're so thankful for your faithfulness and giving. But uh, all, of this, all of the children in our city that uh, needed a Christmas this year, you guys have uh, partnered with us, and I want to say that we have we got every ornament taken off the tree, and you've provided for these kids to have an amazing Christmas. You did that, and it's all for the glory of God, so we want to say thank you. It's going to be an exciting time for them. Also, I want to remind you that we have our Young Adults Christmas Party coming up on December 10th. That is for ages 18 to 35. Listen to me, young people, because I know sometimes we don't always follow instructions. But if you'll grab your smartphone and please scan that QR code and get registered, this is the reason why you need to do that. So we can have an accurate headcount for food. And again, I want to tell you, there are going to be games, there are going to be giveaways. If you're single, there might even be your spouse there. So you please, please come invite all the young people that you know. It's going to be a great time. I think somebody's going to dress up as Grinch and then somebody else is going to dress up as Santa. It's going to be great, but please come scan that QR code share it on social media side note also follow us on our young adult social media page to stay up to date with information like that and last but not least I want to remind you of our Christmas schedule uh, as you came in today you should have got a card that looks just like that image on the screen please if you didn't get one please make sure you'll grab one I know we'll share this on social media we'll talk through what that looks like but we want you to be informed of what this Christmas season looks like, especially leading into the new year. It's going to be some amazing things taking place, and we want you to partner with us. And a lot of you are really smart and super intelligent. You're already taking out your phone, and you're taking pictures of it, which is great as well. But please make sure you stay up to date with all the things that we have going on. And we're believing that God's going to do amazing things, not only at the end of this year, but as we start the new year in 2024. Amen? But today we get to celebrate new members joining the family here at Dothan First. So can you honor our pastors as they come to the stage this morning? Yeah. Oh, Thank what you. a great yes. day. Awesome. It's feeling a little bit like Christmas. And uh, I'm so excited that you are with us partnering together to win our city. I got to tell you, I was walking down the back hallway where we've uh, put all of those gifts that have been assigned to those who are in foster care. I, I, I almost bawled my head off walking down that hallway 
seeing all these bicycles and all these toys and all these amazing things that kids who wouldn't have had Christmas otherwise are opening up on Christmas Day because of your generosity and partnering with us. Thank you so, so, so much for that. And today we get to celebrate because as you know, we have Grow Track uh, all the time and we get to uh, introduce to you new members. And I think there's like three that went through Grow Track that have been members for a long time, but they've made their way through. Those are star students. Because they are star students. They go above and beyond. And then we have uh, a number of those who are joining the family of God here at Dothan First. Is that not amazing? Is that not awesome? I love the partnership. And uh, so as Michelle reads these names, if you hear your name called, as you, as you hear it called, if you'll come stand across the front, we'll just try to face the audience and just span the whole uh, front here as we call your names. And I'm going to call up, there are a few that w weren't able to be here today, but I'm going to call their names yes. anyways. But as, like he said, as I call your name, just come on up. Um, Amber Andrus, Brian Andrus, Catherine Andrews, Monica Bass, Hannah Coker, Kathy Koss, Katrina Koss, Kyle Koss, Abby Henson, Avery Henson, Trenton Holland, Catherine Medley, Jada Mitchell, Naveen Kumar, Lavit Ogabar, Rachel Peters, Spencer Peters, Ashley Smith, Dylan Smith, Cade Smith, Jackson Strickland, Bill Terry, Cindy Terry, Kathy Wimberly, Ken Wimberly, Arthurine Mitchell, who's been here 18 plus years, and our two very very special star These students. These are star students, right? They are my BFFs. They've been here at this church 50 plus years and they went through the grow track yeah. and, and just were amazing and just so diligent to get all of their stuff in and I love it and I love them. Jimmy and Shirley C. So give it yeah. up for all your church give family. Give it up for guys. all of these. Yeah. This is partnership right here. Y'all come on down. I feel like, you know, you're the next contestants on The Price is Right. Uh, I love you too. Y'all can stand just right there. And I see you're sporting a particular team, which we shall not name today. Guys, this is awesome. I love partnership. I love celebrating the new members of the family of God and those of you who've been around here for a while but have chosen to participate in the Grow Track. This is amazing. And today we celebrate you. We celebrate what God is doing in and through your lives. And what we learned in Grow Track is you have unique and specific special gifts. God has assigned you at this time to this house to make a difference in this world. And we get to do it together through partnership. So what I'm gonna do for the benefit of the congregation is I'm gonna read to them really, and, and to you as a covenant, what you signed saying this is my partnership with Dothan First. So I'm gonna read this. Here it is, uh, that you would faithfully commit to fulfill the biblical command to love God and love others, 
to commit to connecting to others in the family of God through regular fellowship, through growing spiritually by regularly attending Dothan First Services, serving God by serving others, giving of your time and talent and treasure, and then finally to go and reach the, gospel, the, the, the whole world with the gospel message, the good news of Jesus Christ. And if you, uh, I know you've already signed this covenant, but if you would faithfully commit to those things, would you simply say an energetic, we will. Friends, you get to see family here today. This is what it's all about. And I want to pray and I want to have you pray over these that are partnering with us to see the work of the ministry take place around the world and in their sphere of influence. Whoever you're connected to, I want you to understand, I need you, you need me, we need each other because we all have a different sphere of influence. And you're going to reach different places and different people in ways I never could. And so if you would, congregation, stretch your hands out toward these amazing people as we pray over them today. Lord Jesus, we celebrate in partnership. God, I thank you for the joy of ministry together, that we get to do the work of the ministry together. And I pray in Jesus' name, Lord, even as I lay my hands on these who've come forward today as representatives of the good news of Jesus Christ, Lord, we commission them to the work of the ministry. We commission them to celebrating in the good news of Jesus Christ. Lord, over this Christmas holiday, I pray there'd be a divine anointing on each one of these today that they would be able to reach their, their sphere of influence, their family, their friends, their co-workers. God, I pray that you would do something strategic in each one of their lives as they grow in connection to you, as they build, Lord, Lord, the kingdom of God, I pray that you would place a, a powerful anointing on each one of them, that as they go to do their work that you, Lord, have assigned, I pray in Jesus' name, they would have influence for your kingdom. It is in Jesus Christ's name. We pray it all. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Hey, God bless you. We're excited. This is awesome. As you're seated, can you guys give it up one more time for this amazing family? We love you guys. Bless you. God bless you. Wow. I love it. That's family around here. I love this. Well, today we're going to continue in on our worship by giving. And you know, the Bible talks about the significance of giving that really it's partnership with God to be able to reach the whole wide world. And so today... We give because we've been given to. God first loved us and gave to us and everything we own is on loan from Him. And so we're going to pray and believe God that He's going to do great things in the days to come. You know, we, we look at economies and there's uh, economists that have their trends. They watch all the trends and see all these things. How many of you know we serve the providing God. We serve Jehovah Jireh, the Lord who provides. So he's the one that takes care of us, right? He's the one. You may have your paycheck signed by your boss or your company, but God is your supplier. He is your provider. And uh, I want to encourage you as we prayerfully end this year that you would consider believing God to be able to give a birthday gift to Jesus 
And I'm, I'm believing at the end of the year, I know that there's a year-end giving. A lot of you, your businesses, or even individually, you choose to do an end-of-year gift for tax purposes and other things, getting it in by the 31st, all of that. But I would believe that today it would be more than that, that it would be a heart to accelerate the vision to reach the world with the gospel message of Jesus Christ. And so I'm asking you to just pray about, Lord, what would you have me do as a birthday gift for you at the end of this year so that we can reach the world with the message of Jesus Christ? And uh, so I'm going to pray over you and your family today. I know we celebrate Christmas and we see it as a tradition, but I see it as a miracle moment. And I'm going to pray over you that God would give you miracle moments of faith and then he would follow up with giving you miracle results in your finances. Let's pray together and believe God for that, can we? Lord Jesus, we thank you for every good and perfect gift comes from you. And as, Lord, we are obedient to the giving of tithes and offerings, your word says, prove me now in this. See if I won't open up the windows of heaven and pour you out such a blessing, there won't be room enough to receive it. I proclaim financial increase on you and your households. I call for better jobs to those who need or desire them. I declare favor and breakthrough in court cases, settlements, inheritances, and estates that are justly yours. I call forth, Lord, even unexpected monies to be discovered. Lord, we pray that there would be a strategy, a divine strategy, that as we take a step of faith, even in our finances, that you would meet us and exceed the expectation. Lord, we thank you. We thank you that everything that we own is on loan from you. And so today we celebrate in the matchless miracle of the virgin birth that Jesus came to this earth, that God loved the world enough to send his best gift. Now we give our gift back to you as just a picture, a token of what you've given to us. We thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you as you give. And as you know, we don't pass the plate, but we have uh, the giving boxes on the way out. If you need giving credit, you're using the envelopes in the seat pocket in front of you. You can do that. Many of you I know give online, uh, but we want to take a moment as we go back into worship in song and believe God for miracles that we just prayed for. We ask God for healing in, in marriages and in families and physical bodies. And we do the biblical thing. We, we, the Bible says, if you have any sick among you, call the elders of the church. Have them anoint you with oil and pray the prayer of faith. And believe in God that it will be done. And so today, we invite you to head back toward where our prayer walls are. I'm going to invite your elders to head to those stations of prayer. They'll be back here by this prayer wall, back here by this prayer wall, back here and up in the balcony. You won't even need to leave the balcony to receive prayer today. But these are your elders and prayer partners. They're ready and prayed up and believing God that there's going to be a powerful result and a miracle result that as they stretch their faith out in prayer, we're gonna see the impossible take place. If you have something that you'd like to write down as a prayer request on our prayer wall, you can do that. And hey, I know there's some of you in this room that you have had answers to prayer and you, you put your name on that prayer wall or you put a son or a daughter or a situation. If that prayer has been answered, glory to God, you go ahead and take out that red marker and put a heart over that and just keep that on the prayer wall as a reminder to everybody else that puts their name up there. Hey, if God can meet their need, he can meet mine too. Amen? 
Amen. Amen. Would you stand up? Let's worship the King together.
is a day of celebration. <laughs> King Jesus is on the throne, and he's worthy of every praise that we can give him today. Oh, thank you, Lord. We get to partner with him today in the celebration of communion. And I'd like you to go ahead and take out the communion elements. We have our ushers. They're going to make their way toward the front. And uh, if you need the communion elements, if you did not receive the wafer and the juice, go ahead and just wave at them. And they'll make sure to get that to you. And if somebody's beside you, I know it's a little dark, but if someone's next to you and they got their hand raised, you just tackle our ushers. We, we play football around here. I'm just kidding. Don't, don't do it. But uh, just kind of wave at them. Make sure that you receive. We want to make sure all have received before we partake. The reason I call it the celebration of communion is because before it was instituted as communion, it was actually Passover. And it was a representation and, and a celebration, a feast and a festival of the day at the end of these 10 plagues that took place in Egypt where there was 400 years of bondage and slavery with these Israelite children. Now they're being set free. And the Bible says that last plague was that a death angel would come and visit each house. But the death angel would pass over the homes that had the blood applied to the doorposts. As Christians today, the blood of Jesus Christ is applied over the doorposts of our lives, over our homes, over our families. And so today, it's a celebration. But it's also a, rem a remembrance that we remember what Jesus did, the price he paid on Calvary's cross. So when he was with his disciples, he took out the bread, and if you'll go ahead and pull back the cellophane there and you'll see this wafer. It's a picture of our healing. By his stripes, the Bible said, we're healed. So we get to lay claim upon the healing promises of God. That's restoration for your family members who are wayward. That's restoration even in your own body for sickness to bring healing. That's a restoration of relationships for marriages to be restored. We're believing for all of it. And I'm going to invite my sister today, uh, an amazing minister of the gospel that serves in Michigan. And uh, I want you to come up and can you give it up for my sister? Well, you can't because you got your stuff in your hands. You know, you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Amazing, amazing. She is the one that I talk about all the time that never did anything wrong. And always got straight A's. I had to live up to that kind of expectation. Anybody else hate your siblings? I'm just kidding. I love her deeply, dearly. But um, she has a, 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 a tremendous ministry gift. And, and I know her ministry has been surrounded by people that have been saved and healed, ministered to, delivered. She's going to pray a prayer of faith right now before we take this bread to believe God with you to see that that miracle that you need takes place today. Yes, amen. I'll tell you, I have hardly stopped crying since the moment I walked in this place. You could just feel the presence of God yeah. so deeply. Yeah. And I'm just like, okay, Lord, help me not to get into the ugly cry right now because <laughs> I'm just overwhelmed by the presence of God. And I know that there is faith in this place. I know that you are ready to receive the miracle of yes. God because he promised it for us. We are his children and he does not deny the children's bread. And so That's we right. are able to receive that from Jesus right now. Come so on. if you need a, a healing in your body 
maybe it's a healing in a marriage, maybe it's financially, maybe you are really struggling and, and maybe nobody even knows it. Would you raise that hand to Jesus right now and say, Lord, I am believing in the name of Jesus for a healing. I am trusting you for healing today. I know that you are able to do it. Let's just bring that before the Lord and maybe there is someone in your family that needs a healing. Would you raise your hand on their behalf and stand in faith, stand in the gap knowing that Jesus is going to meet you right now. Yeah. He is, even online, if you are watching online, yeah. I'm just telling you, raise that hand to Jesus and know that he is going to meet your need this yes. moment. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank we you, Jesus. thank you. Thank you, Jesus, that your body was broken for my healing. Thank you, Jesus, that your body was broken, Lord, so that we could receive all that we need, Lord. You exchanged our brokenness and took it upon yourself so that we could be healed. And Lord, in the name of Jesus, just as you were raised to life three days later we are going to be raised to new life yes. we believe it father in the name of jesus so we receive it now lord not as hyped up or something that we're trying to put on but we believe in the mighty name of jesus and we receive it now Thank you, amen. amen 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 do you believe that today amen as jesus took the bread and gave it to his disciples we now take this bread by faith. Let's receive this. Thank you, Jesus. After they took the bread, he took the cup, he lifted it up, he said, this is my blood, which is the picture of a new covenant. And so today we receive that new covenant by faith. We don't get to heaven because of our good works. Good works are great, but we get there because of the redemptive blood of Jesus Christ that paid it all for every sin we've ever committed or ever will commit. And so we receive this cup by faith. Let's drink of the cup. Thank you, Jesus. Can you just take a moment and worship him one more time? Thank you for his goodness, his grace, his mercy, his love. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We honor you, we celebrate you, and we thank you that it's in your name. It's in your name that we receive today. All that we need comes from your hand. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Can you turn to your neighbor before you're seated and just remind him he's worthy of it all. Go ahead. Come on. Before you're seated, just make sure. Turn to your neighbor. Tell him he's worthy of it all. Go ahead. Turn your attention to the screens if you would.
Can you give it up for Jesus in the house today? Hey, and can you give it up for those watching online right now? Hey, welcome. We're so glad you're choosing to worship God with us here today. And listen, if you're in the Dothan or Wiregrass area, we invite you to be part of what God is doing here at Dothan First. We're so glad that you're joining with us here online, but we would love to see you in the building. And for those of you who are first-time guests in the house, one more time, welcome. We're so glad you're here. Give it up one more time, everybody that's brand new in the house today. Welcome. Go ahead, grab your copy of God's Word. Say this with me. Say, I am what God's Word says I am. I can do what God's Word said I can do. I can become all that God said I can be. So today, I'll hear God's Word, I'll receive God's Word, and I'll obey God's Word. Because I love his word. Now go ahead, turn to your neighbor and say, it's starting to look a little like Christmas. There's no snow on the ground, but it, I don't know, it just feels like it. Just, just feels like Jesus is in the house. Yeah. Hey, today we're going into this series, The Christ of Christmas. And I want to really point out to you some things that we can do in a practical way to reach the world with the good news of Jesus Christ. I mean, you can see the proclamation of heaven with the angels that came down and, and told the shepherds, go find this, this amazing miracle that's taking place, this miracle birth. We can see it throughout the scriptures, all the beauty and the wonder and the majesty of the Christ child being born, God sending his son to earth. And listen, friends, I want you to know that God has chosen you to be the ones to give away the story. He chose you to be, the most, to, to be a part of the most significant cause on planet earth to reach the world with the good news of Jesus Christ. The Bible calls us ambassadors of his love. Ambassadors. That means we go out on behalf of someone else and give a message on their behalf. And so the Bible calls us, and just going in reflection over the past number of months, we've been talking about this, that we are members of the body of Christ, which means we are, we are, he initiates an assignment on our life to go as his ambassadors and be ministers, the Bible says, of reconciliation. We reconcile people back to God. Through our words, through the way we meet their needs, by reaching them with the love of Christ. And, and we know this passage of scripture, it's the most quoted of all scriptures, John 3, 16, for God so loved the world. But we often miss that very first part. He so loved, everybody say so loved. Have you ever had something in your life or someone in your life, you say, I so love you. I mean, I, I, like, I like these things. But I, I, I so love you. I got to kind of watch a little bit of that when uh, we got to see our worship pastor stand in front of others and say, I do, to a young man. And so now Pastor Hayden Taylor, instead of, it's not, it's, I keep using the word Sullivan, but no, no, no Sullivan, it's Taylor now. And those starry-eyed kids, calling them kids, looked at each other, and I so love you, right? Hey, God so loved you that 
that he sent his one and only son that whoever would believe in him would not, not die, not perish, but have eternal life. And so we get to partner in this reconciliation, this restoration of us back to God to restore back. And so as we see God send us a savior, but you need to understand long before he ever physically showed up on the earth, God had a plan in mind. You go back to Isaiah 7 or Isaiah 9 and you look through some of the Old Testament passages and you'll see some of these famous passages where God ordained thousands of years before it happened through the prophets. He acknowledged that this was about to take place, right? The virgin will give birth to a son and his name will be Emmanuel. Emmanuel, God with us, God with flesh on God with skin on. Whenever you look through the Old Testament, you'll find anytime God was around, everybody ran, right? It, it was, he, he makes people nervous because he's big and he's awesome and he's powerful and he, has, he holds the stars in his hands. So we can't get close to God. And he knew that the only way that we would ever embrace him is if he would get close to us and become like us as a little child. God, the God of the universe, is scary, but a little baby. There's not many that are scared of a little baby. Pastors Will and Lindsay are about to have a little baby. And yeah, it's scary to have the idea of having a baby. But that little one, oh, you just want to bring it close. And that's what God did for us. He wanted us to get close. And the Bible went on to say that the government would be upon his shoulders, right? For, for unto us a son is born, for unto us a son is given, and he will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. But the Bible says that the government would be upon his shoulders. And I understand why the disciples, when they said that Jesus was the Messiah and recognized him as Messiah, they thought he would overthrow Rome because after all, the government is going to be upon his shoulders. And he described to the Pharisees, to the Jews of that day, to his disciples, and even to Pilate as he was standing before Pilate getting ready to receive a death sentence. Jesus said, this kingdom we're talking about is not of this world. It's bigger than this world. And I want you to think about the idea that the government would be upon his shoulders. We think of government. We think of rulership. We think of authority. We think of things that are happening in the earth. We think of the governing rulers that are mayors all the way up to the president of the United States or kings and queens in different lands. But I want you to understand the government he was talking about was a kingdom that was spiritual. And the Bible says that symbolically that Christ is the head of the church. I just want you to understand, every pastor, every leader, I want you to, we are not the head of this church, okay? I want you to understand that. And I recognize that I am under submission to somebody way bigger than me because this job is way bigger than me. So I need to listen for his instruction and his direction, right? His divine guidance, and then he provides the vision, and then we take that vision and run with it. Right? We write it, we make it plain so we can run with it. But I want you to understand, if Christ is the head of the church, then who is the body? Everything that's below right here. Who is the body of Christ? Anybody know? We are the church. The Bible calls us the symbolic body of Christ. So where is the body? If the head is here, what's the first thing you see on this body? 
is the shoulders. So that means if the government or the managerial positions of his assigned tasks, if you will, right, we carry out his bidding. Just like the governing authorities here are supposed to carry out the will of the people. They don't always. We pray for them that they do. They pray, we pray they do God's will. But how many understand? They're supposed to carry out the assignment or the task. They carry it on their shoulders. They're carrying it. So we get to carry out the assignment of God on our shoulders. Think about this. As his assigned managers of a kingdom and a governance that is bigger than this world. Are you following this? The government will be upon his shoulders. The problem is Jesus said that the, the harvest is ripe. But the workers are few. And, and I wouldn't say that the, 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 the totality of the workers are few. Because there's a lot of Christians. They're self-proclaimed Christians around the world. And yet... It's almost as though he's saying not that the, the, the Christians are few, but the workers, the laborers, the one that are actually carrying out the task. Much like you've seen at times when the roads in this city have been, uh, they, they, they've, you know, tore them up so that they could rebuild them. And you see one guy with a jackhammer and 10 guys watching. That is a great picture or a horrible picture of the church, the body of Christ. He said the workers, the people that are willing to put their hand to the plow, they are few. Friends, how many said, we got a labor crisis. We don't have a harvest problem. We've got a labor crisis. The harvest of lost souls is literally rotting on the vine. It's so ripe. They're ready to be reaped, but there's no desire for the workers to do the work. It's like that prodigal son that we talked about a few weeks ago. We understand the story. You remember it where the, he asked for his father's inheritance and he ran off and, and squandered every bit of the money. He was in the, the slop, feeding the slop to the pigs. There he is in the hog pen and he comes to his own senses. He comes back. The father uh, embraces him, hugs him, says, you're, you're my son, not my servant. He gives him the ring on his, the signet ring for his finger. He gives him sandals for his feet. He puts a robe on his back. He says, you're my son. He, he slaughters a fatted calf. He has a party. And while the party is taking place for this lost son, all of a sudden we have this elder brother that comes in and says, but what about me? What have you done for me lately? And there is an elder brother syndrome that's happening in the body of Christ. And I'll tell you how we most often see it. We're going through a service and the whole reason for the service is not just to worship and lift up our hands and have the goosebumps on our arms saying that how awesome the ministry of the worship team did to lead us into worship or even through our giving, through the sacrificial giving that we have or the recognition of the sacrament through the body of Christ, the taking of communion. All of those things are important. Those things are great. But how many understand, even my preaching is leading somewhere. I'm going somewhere. I want you to know I'm not preaching just to give you education, I'm actually preaching for application, and the application usually comes at the end of the message. Everything hinges on the last few statements I make up here every Sunday. 
So what happens to the elder brothers, those of us that all have experienced it, we get the elder brother syndrome, and here's what we do. We don't really care so much about going to make sure that our younger brother needs to get taken out of the hog pen. We just say, well, what have you done for me lately? So now the pastor's getting ready to do the altar call. This is the opportunity for people to know Jesus, lost souls to come to him. And what do we do? We're looking at our watches. We got our elder brother syndrome going, you know what? I can't wait for this to get over so I can hurry up. He's praying now. This is probably a good time. Instead of interceding and going, oh my God, these people are coming. These lost people that are coming to Christ, they're coming to Christ because I'm praying for them and I'm interceding on their behalf. Instead, we're looking at our watch going, you know, Selection Sunday, we're going to figure out who's in the bowl games today. And people are dying and going to hell. And we got an opportunity to now bring them into the moment. But we're distracted with our elder brother syndrome. Are you following this? Okay. That's just a small picture of the way we often treat. This is why he said the workers are few. That we don't have a recognition of the, the importance of our assignment. Are you following this? We have a labor crisis. The church has often blamed the world for the state that we're in. But maybe it's our fault. For not being loving or skillful enough, if you will, in our assigned task to be skilled laborers. How many understand if a teacher is teaching... Get this example. If a teacher is teaching and the entire class is failing, do we blame the students or do we blame the teacher because they clearly aren't getting down on their level like God did? He, 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 got, he, he, he took the language of heaven and, and he decided to put all that aside so that he could come to earth and speak our language and get close to us. And then he just says, do the same. I don't know of any better soul winner than Jesus. And so if we're going to take our example from his wisdom, we better watch how he reached the lost. Because the Bible called him a friend of sinners, or at least the religious called him a friend of sinners. And apparently he thought that was a good reputation. Why? Because he could get on their level. He could, he could meet them where they were at. We're saying this world is hard and it's stubborn. No, friends, how many understand Jesus said the harvest is ripe. Maybe we just don't know how to pick them. Maybe we just don't know how to pick them, right? We run from sinners <laughs> acting like they've got cooties on the playground, right? Don't touch me with your sin. They're unclean, unclean like a leper, unclean, right? And Jesus is running to him because he's the cure. I want you to think about this. Get the mentality. Get the understanding of Christ. Right? A cure does not run away from the disease. It runs toward it. Ask yourself, how come sinners like Jesus, but they don't like me? I want you to ask yourself that question. How come... Sinners liked Jesus. Now think of this. Jesus was all perfect. All perfect. If you've ever been around somebody that's almost perfect, my sister, it can be slightly intimidating. Right? It's, it's slightly intimidating. Matter of fact, I've played uh, sports for years and I've, do, I've played pickup basketball with guys. And I'll be playing and they'll be cussing, swearing, fighting, and, and hitting me harder than they should on a foul. And all of a sudden, somebody 
mentions what I do for a living. Oh, I'm so sorry, Pastor. I just, I didn't, I didn't know. I didn't know, Pastor. I, they're letting me go to the hoop, drive the lane, and li, lay it up now. They're like, no, don't touch the pastor. Don't touch the pastor. How many know? It's that we try, we make people feel uncomfortable in their own skin because we act so high and mighty like we've got it all together. And we are much closer to the people that we say are sinners than we'd like to admit. Maybe it's how we treat people. We got to use wisdom to win souls. Do unbelievers have a desire to know God when they're close to you? Do they even want to get close to you? I want you to think about this. The church has made the world our enemy instead of making the devil our enemy, right? The, listen, friends, these sinners are not your enemy. They're your brothers and sisters, that we need to reach. We got to tell them about God's love for them to understand. Listen, we have both a privilege and a responsibility to reach people with the good news. So we went through a few weeks ago how we could change our world. Well, the most important thing we can do is pay attention to the needs of lost people. And I gave you a couple of steps. I'll just quickly rehearse them for you. These are fun, by the way. This is fun stuff. It's not harsh stuff. It's fun stuff. How do you win people to Jesus? Well, smile, first of all. Act like you got something to be happy about. Do people run from you because they just see that sourpuss on your face? There comes this Christian that's supposed to be filled with joy, right? Happiness is circumstantial. Joy is everlasting. Joy is internal and eternal. So when things don't go your way, people are looking at you. Unbelievers are looking at you to see if you're freaking out like everybody else is freaking out. They're seeing, do you have joy? right? The second thing we talked about is simply be interested in others rather than being interested in yourself. Are you more interested in them? What's going on in their lives? Are you always looking for a hand out and a hand up? Or are you always looking to be able to give the hand up and the hand out? Think about it. How often are we thinking of ourselves rather than thinking of the lost? And then I suggested that instead of talking about yourself so much, you ought to listen, 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 like Jesus did. Jesus knew it all. He had no reason to listen to anybody. The Bible says he even knew their thoughts before they spoke them. He did not have to listen, but he chose to listen. Matter of fact, I, I, I would encourage you to read the scriptures and watch how Jesus was a student of people. He learned about us humans, right? The best teachers, I don't know if you've ever had uh, good teachers before, but I can tell you I have. And the best teachers I know are the ones that teach from the students' interests rather than just from the study. They make it palatable. Matter of fact, my sister's a, a third grade teacher and she as I've said before got straight A's and she's incredibly intelligent has a degree and uh, has, has gone through all the study and steps to become not only a minister of the gospel but at the highest level of credential and yet teaching third graders she gets down on their level she teaches the little things to help them understand Right? She doesn't go above their heads, high and mighty. We walk into rooms and we're like, bless God, glory to God. How you doing? Bless Jesus. I just want to tell you, I'm going to go speak in tongues for a few minutes and then figure out if you, I will, I will interpret my own tongue and then I will tell you to the glory of God be it all. Yeah. 
And then I'll start to use the King James language around you because everybody speaks Christianese. Come on, somebody, please, please. Find out what they're interested in. Do they like football? There's plenty to talk about. I'm saying figure out what they're interested in and then make an inroads of relationship. Let me give you another one. This is going to be a, a, a new for you today, and that is that we need to avoid arguments with unbelievers. Avoid arguments with unbelievers. For, for how many know you can win an argument and lose a friend? Right? You never see Jesus arguing with sinners. You see him having a problem with the religious all the time. Because they always got something to say. Well, the word says this. Well, the word says that. Jesus was the word, y'all. <laughs> he knew the word backwards and forwards. And they're trying to use the word against the word. Yeah. It doesn't work. Many believers are berating non-Christians because they're not acting like Christians. Well, that's because they're not Christians yet. Right? As soon as they walk through the church doors, they got to look like us, talk like us, act like us, think like us. I don't want every person in our city to think like some of you think. I'm just, I'm just saying. I'm talking about myself now. I'm talking about myself. Friends, people haven't even given their hearts to Jesus. They haven't had the transformation power of the Holy Spirit in their life yet. And we're already looking down on them that they haven't come to grips with all of the law yet. Think about it. Judging them by outward appearance. Another thing, just real simple. I want you to remember this. Think about this. They don't have to come to an altar to get saved. You can make an altar at Starbucks. All they're waiting for is a Christian that's consumed with Christ. And when they have that you can lead them to Christ. Uh, listen, this is the most strategic time of the year to invite people to church, and I encourage you to do so. Make as many inroads as humanly possible. Throughout every store in this city, they're singing Christmas carols which have scripture in it. So they're being drawn to Christ even when they don't know it. So yes, they're open right now. And we've got a Christmas Eve service, and we've got a New Year's Eve service, and we've got special strategic services from now till Christmas to reach unbelievers so bring them absolutely but how many understand if they're ripe pick them go ahead and pick them in jesus name go ahead and pick them lead them in the sinner's prayer show them the way to faith tell them about your experience give them your testimony Lead them to the Lord. Be ministers of reconciliation friends. You don't need a theology degree. You need a mouth <laughs> to share your testimony and ears to listen to the hurts of people that are lost and confused. Let me give you another practical, is choose your words carefully. Choose your words carefully, right? Love puts a monitor on my mouth, and I don't like it. <laughs> I like to say what I want to say. I like to say what I like to think. Out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. I got a lot of opinions. Opinions are like armpits. Everybody's got at least two, and oh, most of them stink. You know, everybody's got an opinion, but sometimes you need to keep your mouth closed and your ears open. Right? But listen, if you're going to represent Christ, then you can't say everything you're thinking. You have to say what he's... Matter of fact, Jesus submitted himself. I only say what the Father told me to say. Can you imagine? 
I only said what the Father told me to say. I only do what the Father told me to do. If he, the Messiah, would submit himself to Father's will, how much more so as Christians ought we submit ourselves and our words to him? If we're going to represent Christ, I can't be rude anymore. I can't be sarcastic anymore. I can't be mean to people. I can't put people down. Colossians 4, 6. Let's, let's take a look at it. Colossians 4, 6. When you talk, you should sometimes be kind and pleasant. <laughs> So it says, when you talk, you should what? Always be kind and pleasant. So you'll be able, listen, to answer everyone in the way that you should. You got to be strategic, friends. God's calling you to be better at this, to winning lost souls. You'll never be persuasive while you're being abrasive. I promise you. You know what? When you're in the grocery store and you don't get what you want or they didn't have what you needed, how many understand? Yelling at a 17-year-old at who's, you know, got acne and just lost their boyfriend is, that's working at the front counter checkout is not going to make you a better Christian, a better witness. When you're at the restaurant... And you don't get the food or the way, God forbid, you didn't get the exact order exactly the way in the exact time frame. You're ringing a bell like you're the king of, of, you know, Siam or the queen of England, you know, ringing a bell. Come serve, come serve. Wait on me. I have glass half full. Ding, 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 I've talked to so many servers. You want to know? Servers will fight to not have to work the lunch hour on a Sunday because they hate to serve Christians. Come on now. Think about this. Bible says when you talk, be kind, be pleasant, be an ambassador, do it right. If you're going to be persuasive, don't be abrasive. <laughs> Here it is, Ephesians 4, 29. Let's look at it. Another scripture passage. I love this. When you talk, don't say harmful things, right? That tear people down. But what you say or, or, or say what people need, not what you need, what others need. Words that'll help others become stronger. Then what you say will do good. Everybody say do good. It's, what you say will actually do some good. Thank God. To those who need to listen, your words, do, do they tear people down or they lift people up? I want you to think about it. God's telling you how to be an ambassador. He's teaching you not to say harmful things, but helpful things. So how do I break the habit in my life? If I, if I tend to just spout off and say what I want, and I'm not real submitted to the Lord, what do I need to do? Well, the Bible asks us to, have, uh, to pray for wisdom. Ask God for wisdom. Wisdom will make you patient. It'll make you more understanding of the hurts and the needs of others. That's just common sense. If I don't know how to do it, I got to ask for wisdom from the one who has it within their power to give it. It's amazing. The closer I get to Jesus, the more I cut people slack. It's amazing. The closer I get to Jesus, the more I want to give second chances and be graceful and merciful. James 3.17, here it is. But the wisdom from above is, first of all, pure. And it is also peace-loving and gentle at all times and willing to yield to others. It's full of mercy. It's the fruit of good deeds. It shows no favoritism. It's always sincere. 
in the Bible, the, the, the scriptures talk about knowledge. And the Bible talks about it as information that it, it, it has a tendency at times to puff up or to puff us up. That's what the Bible said or Jesus said of those Pharisees. It puffed them up. They had a bunch of knowledge, right? So they had information. But he wanted us to take another step from the knowledge or the information. Now he wants us to go to understanding, which is revelation. He, he wants you to not just hear what I'm saying and write it down and take good notes. He actually wants you to... Be, he wants the Holy Spirit to reveal it to your spirit. That you would have understanding. You would have comprehension. Teachers go through the process of reading comprehension. And they'll do tests with their kids. And they'll say, read this passage. And then write out the answers to these questions. That's called reading comprehension. So when you get the Bible, you don't just quick open it up and say, I have to read two chapters every day. That'll get a gold star in heaven. No, you get it for the comprehension right? You get it for the revelation. You ask Holy Spirit for revelation. And then it brings a third step, which is what Jesus said we all should have, which is wisdom. Now we're into application. We go from information to revelation. Now we're at application where we actually do something. James talks about that in the book of James. He said, you got to do something with what you're hearing. Don't just be a hearer only. Wisdom loves peace, not conflict. Those of you that are on social media, just a reminder. <laughs> I'll say that again. Those of you that are on social reminder, social media, just a reminder that wisdom loves peace, not conflict. It's gentle and willing to yield to others. Friends, the more your life is filled with wisdom, the more loving you're going to be. Jesus was awesome at this. You say, well, he was the Messiah. Yes, but he chose to be a student of people. Think about this. When Jesus was hanging around farmers, you know what he talked about? Sowing seeds. He, he, he spoke farmer language when he was around the farmers, right? When he was around fishermen, you know what he talked about? Fish. Amazing. When Jesus was at the woman with the, at the well, he talked about water. I mean, guys... This is not rocket science. You know what people like if you listen closely enough. And then you can, yes, use the symbolic terms just like Jesus did to turn a corner. But he was a master at it. And if we're going to be good at witnessing, which is the only thing we're left on earth to do, otherwise kill us and take us to heaven. We're here for pretty much one reason. Mark chapter 16, or Mark chapter 15, you, you look through these, these passages, you find Matthew 28, Jesus is about to go to heaven, go, he's, he's leaving us with the assignment, carrying it on our shoulders, the managerial tasks that he's assigned, and he says, go, preach the gospel, share the good news, make disciples, well, how do you do that without following this wisdom from on high? Worship team, if you'd come as we prepare to close. I'm going to close this out with this last one, and that is, oh, this is a tough one. You ready for this? You got to value saving people over keeping rules. Value saving people over keeping rules. In God's book, saving people is way more important than keeping rules. Religious rules are not nearly as important as relationships according to God's equation. Now, don't mishear me, right? Don't mishear me. God's law, 
right? This book is holy. God's law is righteous. Don't, don't miss that. But the rules that we make up around that book where we elevate tradition over souls is ungodly. Matthew 12, Jesus, Jesus modeled this over and over and over and over and over again. But Matthew 12, he was uh, talking about this religious law. And the disciples were super hungry on a day that apparently they weren't supposed to get hungry. And against religious law, they pick grain in a field on the Sabbath day, which was considered work by the traditions of the religious traditions of that day. Yet Jesus' disciples were hungry, so right in front of Jesus, they picked the grain, they ate it, the religious Pharisees, the legalists became indignant. They say, why are these guys breaking the rules? Jesus said, they're hungry. He was more concerned about their bellies than he was about the made up laws. Think about this. Over and over again, Jesus broke these made-up religious rules to heal people. Matter of fact, it, it's almost like Jesus went out of his way to heal people on the Sabbath. Like, hey, I'm just reminding you, this lost soul is important to me. More important. Jesus has a moment where the religious catch a woman in the act of adultery. They were playing spy and detective on this lady. And they take her, not the dude, they take her, throw her in front of Jesus, and as a test, said the law says stone her, right? The law says go ahead and kill her. They're more concerned about the laws of God than the love of God. Jesus said, okay, you who are without any sin at all, go ahead and throw the first stone. And then he steps back and waits. Go ahead. Jesus is 2,000 years later telling us the same thing. You who are without sin, go ahead. Pick up the first stone. Let's see who flinches first. Because there's a lost and broken and dying world. And guess what? All of us were the one that were caught in the act of whatever sin we were committing when Jesus died for us. He said, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. The God of the universe sent his one and only son, bankrupting heaven, that he would become like us. And yet, just like we are to live in the world, but not be of the world. He's saying to each one of us, like he was close to us, can we be close to lost people? Pharisees were concerned about titles and reputation rather than being concerned with lost souls. And I'm here to tell you today, friend, especially around the holidays, a lot of hardships. People's families are all broken up. Fights in families. More suicides and more sickness and more deaths that often happen during these days between Thanksgiving and New Year's. It's almost like, it's almost like as God is showcasing his miracle birth, so many are dying 
without that truth, without his love. And it's our assignment, our job, our responsibility, our blessing to partner with God to learn how to have wisdom and to love people enough and not be so busy during the holiday season that we overlook divine opportunities that God is sending people your way just to see if you'll love them. Love them like Jesus. Let's pray together. Lord, thank you for the awesome opportunity we have to partner with you. And now I pray in Jesus' name we would, as a church, be commissioned to do the work of the ministry, to be ministers of reconciliation, ambassadors for the king's business, submitting our mouths and our minds and our hearts and our bodies and our lives to the plan and purpose of Jesus Christ on the earth. And I pray that as we do that, we would find favor in your eyes, Lord. Yes, we want success, but Lord, if we're planting a seed, if we're watering a seed, whatever it might be during this holiday season, give us the grace to see beyond ourselves, to see the hurting, the broken, the lost, the confused. Before I pray over anything else, I wanna pray over those of you in this room who'd say, Mark, I want to be on the commissioned front lines as an ambassador of the king. If that's you, Christians in this house that want to take seriously this commission, I'm asking you to take a physical uh, gesture by raising up your hand all across this house that we would all be commissioned to the king's work. Can you just hold up your hand to heaven, just saying to heaven right now, I want to be on the front lines of the commissioning right now. Yes, all of us in this room as believers, that's right. Yes, Lord, you see these hands as commissioned workers. We are your laborers, Lord. We want to do the work. Now teach us how to do it well. Help us to be submitted to your will as we speak. Guard our minds, guard our mouths. Guard our gestures of love. Let us be commissioned in Jesus' name. God bless you. You can put your hands down. There's another category before we leave that's so important, and that's those of you who you'd say, Mark, I need Jesus to just come into my life. I need to make him Lord and Savior of every area. Friends, listen, I'm not here to judge you. It's not my heart to embarrass you. I simply want to invite you into the saving grace of Jesus Christ. To know that your sins are completely forgiven, wiped away, the Bible says, as far as the east is from the west, never to be remembered against you, but it requires a step of faith. That step is simply acknowledging that you need him, that you receive his gift of love for you. The Bible says if we would repent, that he would forgive. If we would confess with our mouth, Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart, God raised him from the dead, we'll be saved. So friends, if we want heaven as our home, if we want a hope for eternity, this decision is the most important one you can ever make in your whole life. It's to make sure that you know that you know that Jesus is Lord. The Bible says you can know these things. He says, these things have been written that you might know that you have eternal life. Not that you could think or guess or wonder why. You don't have to leave this building wondering why. You can know beyond a shadow of a doubt that your sins are forgiven. While heads are bowed and eyes are closed, nobody else is looking around, I'm going to invite you to do this. In just a moment, I'm going to have you slip up your hand, acknowledging by the raised hand, Mark, that's me. Include me in this prayer. I'm not here to embarrass you or judge you. I'm not going to call you out. I'm asking for you to acknowledge your need before heaven. And as you do, I'm going to pray for you. All right? 
So on the count of three, if that's you, just slip up your hand. That's you today. God bless you right now. Yes, God bless you. Raise up that hand. Yes, God bless you over here. Yes, over here. God bless you. God bless you. Under the balcony. Yes, God bless you. Anybody else? Yeah, yeah. God bless you. Yeah, you're not alone. Many hands that are already going up. Anyone else? That's you today. Come on, Christians praying. This is an opportunity. Yeah, this is what mamas and daddies and grandmas and grandpas and great-grandparents are, have been praying for that this moment takes place. Anyone else in the sensitivity of this moment, that's you today. God bless you. Yeah, anybody else? Anybody else? I'm not trying to belabor it, but I feel like there's, there's others that are just kind of teetering on the edge. Let this Christmas season in the beginning of December, let this be a new celebration for you today. Anyone else? God bless you. Yeah. The angels of heaven, the Bible says, are rejoicing right now. The Father in heaven is rejoicing over you right now. God bless you. God bless you. You can put your hands down. I'm going to invite you into this simple prayer. Everyone in the room and those watching online, I want you to pray this prayer out loud after me. Say this with me. Say, Lord Jesus, forgive me for my sins. I repent for all I've done wrong. I believe that you died and rose again for me. I make you Lord and Savior of my life. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for changing me. I choose to trust you with every area of my life. In Jesus' name, fill me with your Holy Spirit. <laughs> Amen. Amen, amen. Can you stand up and give God praise in celebration and welcoming the newest members of the body of Christ? Come on, let's give God praise. Worship team, lead us. today. I'm going to dismiss some of our leaders to head back. We're not going to have our typical guest reception because we have a special new members reception. So all those that stood across the front, we have a special reception for you out the doors and to the left there in our multi-purpose room. We want to just say a special thank you for being a part of this service. And those that are first time guests, we want to meet you next week. Please come back. Uh, we're just delighted that you chose to worship God with us here today. But I want to release you with a blessing. May the Lord bless you and keep you. 
May the Lord make his face to shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance on you and bring you peace. And may the Lord our God write his name on your heart and declare you're my child. No one can take you from my hand. May you know the love of your Savior that came and died for you and rescued you. And may you give that love away to as many as humanly possible. I bless you and commission you to do the work of the ministry. I bless you to bless others. I bless you to have the capacity to love others in your family and in your sphere of influence. I bless you to be a blessing in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. 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 Can you one more time give God praise today? God bless you. We love you. Have a Jesus-filled rest of the week. We'll see you soon. God bless you. You're dismissed.